We're in our series called Truth, Seeing Black and White in a Gray World. And this message today, we're going to look at how the world says I'm lonely, but God says, come be in my family. The world says I'm lonely, but God says, come be in my family. I don't know if you notice it, but the, the new Surgeon General advisory raises an alarm about the devastating, devastating impact of the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States. Have you heard that? He released a general advisory calling attention to the public health crisis of loneliness, isolation, and lack of connection in our country. Even before the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, approximately half of U.S. adults reported experiencing measurable levels of loneliness. This connection fundamentally affects our mental, physical, and societal health. In fact, loneliness and isolation increase the risk for individuals to develop mental health challenges in their lives, and lacking connection can increase the risk for premature death to levels comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. You don't have to look too far to see that our culture and our society is hurting and it's breaking because there's broken people, amen? Broken people break other people, hurt people, hurt people. Sin begets sin. And this is what we're seeing in our culture as we uh, try to have a society and a culture that uh, demands us to despise God and look to God as contempt. But God is calling us to himself, amen? And in all of the loneliness and all of the isolation and in all of the attempts of man in society and culture, to educate, legislate, and medicate this problem of separation and loneliness and isolation, we know the only answer is Jesus Christ. Amen? The loneliness that anyone feels is a deep loneliness of being separated from God, alienated from God, the feeling of being abandoned from God because of sin. Sin separates us from God. We're so grateful that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish in this loneliness, isolation, sin, shame, condemnation, and guilt, and death, but have life and life eternal. Aren't you glad for that? Don't you know, as we experienced um, life today in the presence of the Lord today, this is life eternal. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you're not waiting at the bus stop of the heavenly uh, gates waiting to turn in your ticket of salvation. Your eternal life starts right now because the Bible says that when you are born again into the kingdom of God, the very spirit of God, that same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. Resurrection power in life now. Amen. What a fantastic message of salvation. What a fantastic message of salvation. This is an epidemic. The physical health consequences of poor or insufficient connection include a 29% increased risk of heart disease, a 32% increased risk of stroke, 50% increased risk of developing dementia for older adults. Additionally, lacking social connection increases risk of premature death by more than 60%. This is the devil's work to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? I'm so glad that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We're his ambassadors. We're his warriors, aren't we? We're his love agents to spread the love and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can't educate. You can't legislate. 
You can't medicate a sinful, broken heart out of the mire and muck of sin. You need to bring resurrection, life, and power. Amen. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That means you were dead. You didn't need an extreme makeover. You didn't need to get a little boost. You were dead. And Jesus Christ quickened you by the power of the Holy Spirit, caused you to become born again, come alive to the things of God. And that's why we celebrate them. Amen. That's why we gather together. And every day we turn our hearts towards the grace and the love and the work of salvation through Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Once you were lonely, once you were abandoned, once you were alienated, once you were strangers, once you were far, far off. But Christ has brought you in. And we thank God for that. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and we will read. Let's start with verse 14. Ah, let's go back to 11. Now, nah, let's go back to 8. No, let's go back to 11. Let's do start at 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you are at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, and remember, we always talk about God's great buts, amen? But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access, Jew and Gentile, every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. We are fellow citizens and we are saints. We are brothers and sisters in the family of God today. Aren't you glad for that? Amen? Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We're so grateful for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a song by Petra that says, why should the Father bother to call us his children? Why should the Spirit heed us when we pray? Why should the Spirit be concerned with all of our needs? It's all because of what Christ Jesus has done. Amen? As we said, we live in a world that's destroying the foundations and the very fiber of what it means to be a family. The attack on men, now the attack on women, now the attack on sexuality and our teenagers and our youth. It's an onslaught of evil that is trying to destroy the created and designed order of God, the family. Many of us have grown up in dysfunctional families. Let me, let me give you a heads up. Every family is dysfunctional, amen? 
because everyone is found in sin and needs a savior. We can't love our family members. We can't love our spouses. We can't love our kids the way we're supposed to without the agape love of God that flows through us in this day and age. We need the love of God. And we need to know that when we gave Christ our heart and we allowed him to be Lord and Savior of our lives, our sins were forgiven, yes. The penalty of sin was taken away, yes. But the greater aspect is this, that we were, we were restored to our heavenly Father. Amen? Oh, the Father's love. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed or lavished or dumped on us that we should be called children of God. What a great, great promise in God's word. It is awesome. Listen to what John Piper said. You sum up the whole of New Testament religion if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. Father is the Christian name for God. Father God. When we said yes to Jesus, God adopted us into his family. We became his children, and he lavishes his unconditional love upon us. Look at John 1:12 in the Amplified Version. It says, but to as many as did receive and welcome him and accept him, he gave the right, he gave the authority, he gave the privilege to become children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name who were born not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God. That is a divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God, spiritually transformed, spiritually renewed, spiritually sanctified. Amen? God the Father loves us because God is love. He doesn't do loving things. He is love. Hard concept to gather. He wants to show his heavenly father love to us, and he wants us to respond with a child's love. Amen? Child's love. We see all these kids running around, ruby red. Ruby is running around <laughs> over there and crawling around, and look at her in her mama's arms now. Can I tell you that most Christians sitting in churches all over the world believe the fact that their sins are forgiven, they've accepted Christ as Lord, they understand and believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They believe that they have a ticket to heaven when they get to heaven, but they don't have a full understanding and experience, loving experience of the fatherhood of God, that God loves them no matter what. God just wanted us to be perfect. He would have made us that way. Amen? If he only wanted obedience, he would have made us like robots. If all God wanted was your sacrifice and your obedience, if all God wanted was to have you fall in line, he could have made that happen. The only thing that God can't take from you is your heart and is your love. And that's the one thing that he wants that he can't have unless you give it to him. Amen? And that's the cry of the church today is that we fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and understand the fatherhood of God, that God loves you. So many people are wrecked with guilt and shame of their past, brokenness of their past. They're, like Mark said, in their head is all this stuff that God has forgiven and forgotten, but yet the enemy brings up and we thrive on and we think on all the time. And it keeps us from experiencing the new life and transformation that God has for us when we just say, God, I accept your love. Amen? 
Oh, this is the this is a culture that we live in. Nobody wants to be vulnerable anymore because there's hurt and there's pain. But what did Christ Jesus do? Became vulnerable to us. Amen. Stepped off his throne, stepped off the majesty and splendor in heaven, took on the form of man, lived his life. The Bible says as a man of sorrow. The only joy that he had was that he fulfilled the will of his father who sent him. And now because of the man of sorrow, the suffering servant, the lamb of God, we have access into this very love of God that transforms us. Is there a sense that you're trying to work your salvation? You're trying to make God think of you as, hey, that's a good son over there because you've been behaving. You've been achieving. You've been performing. Oh, man, doesn't work that way, does it? Here's a little saying from Martin Luther. God doesn't love us because of our worth. We are of worth because God loves us. Amen? There's a lot of brokenness in this room because there's people in this room that have not accepted God's love because they don't think they're worthy. Let's get over it, people. You're not. But God loves you. Amen? Ah, the worth and the value of how God looks at us, how he sees us, to transform us, and change our lives forever. When we have experienced this truth of God's father love towards us, it fills the hole in our lives and overflows to others, even those who would be considered unworthy of our love. Isn't it true? Problem is, we've all had sinful fathers. And for many, even in older age, we're trying to grasp for the acceptance of our father. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. The expectation of feeling a sense of belonging and accepted is too strong for us. And the shame and the guilt that's laid on us because we, we might not have felt our father, our earthly father's love and our earthly father's acceptance and approval. It's hard. Isn't it hard? And God comes as Father God, and says, I want to free you from that brokenness. I want to free you from the trap of the enemy, and I want to free you now. You are accepted, and you are loved, and you belong in the family of God. God embraces us today. This is what the church needs, friends, this understanding of God's love, because we need to be transformed so we can have a men's barbecue and bring that transformation to others on our block and in our community. Amen? People need to be transformed, lonely, abandoned, separated from God. Without God and without hope in the world, there's more suicides. There's more shootings like we've never seen before. There's more mental illness. We as the church of Jesus Christ are given a task, and that is to bring the love of Father God to those orphans and those people that are abandoned because of sin, shame, guilt, and condemnation. Amen. You remember the day when you gave your heart to Christ? Christ brought you into the throne room through the Holy Spirit. And Father God said, whoa, you're with my son? Come on in. You're accepted. Amen. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might have the righteousness of God. The declared righteousness of God is over us because we are in Christ, not because we haven't sinned today. Do you understand the difference? Our position in Christ is that we are, we are righteous because of our faith in Christ. Our status is he's still making us righteous. He's still saving us. Amen? 
And one day we will fully be saved, redeemed, glorified, perfect. And when we see Christ, we shall be like him, but we shall see him as he is. What a glorious day. Amen, friends? Glorious day to live for Jesus Christ. There's a hollowness in people's hearts as they try to educate themselves or educate themselves and legislate morality and medicate this hollowness and shallowness in their lives when all, all we need to do is bring them to Jesus and allow them to experience Father God's and his love. Oh, man. See, as the church of Jesus Christ, we can't love our wives, at least I can't, in my own natural love. My wife is just too messed up and crazy for me to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See... I got the microphone because I can say that. Because then it puts the, everything on her. But you know what? I'm crazy. I'm messed up. And I can't love God. I can't love my wife the way God wants me to unless I receive the love of God and say, God, I know that you love me as I am today, not based on who I am and what I've done because of who you are and what you have done I stand in the love of God. Amen? Ah, oh, it'll change this church, change our community, change our marriages, change our families, and change our kids. We need to understand the great love of God, the great love of God. All of us have things in our past that we look at and say, whoa, somebody knew about that. Yikes. They'd have a different opinion of me, right? When you look back at your life, does it, does it seem like it's a video of another person's life, right? It just seems like that because God has transformed you and brought you so, so far. But we look back now as redeemed people of God. We look back at those situations and we say, yes, I blew it. But you know what? God saved me and rescued me. In the dark of night, the great rescue mission of God saved us from the slave block of sin, shame, and guilt and brought us into the kingdom of his great son. What a great God we serve. Let's look over to Romans chapter 8. I got my glasses, friends. I can see you now. You're here. Amen. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, and we are going to look at, uh, we're going to look at, let's go with verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Did you just hear what I just read from the Word of God, people? Amen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, anxiety, loneliness, a sense of abandonment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness, communicates with us, lets us know that we are his children. Amen? And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Friends, he's delivered us from the spirit of slavery to a sense of abandonment, separation, loneliness, and isolation brought us into this wonderful family of God. The Bible says that if you go to your father and ask 
your father for a piece of bread? Is he going to give you a stone to an earthly father? If he asks for something, and is he going to give you something else? Our heavenly father knows what we need, and he's willing to give us what we need in our time of need. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus for his glory and for our good. We love God today because of what he has done for us. We were lonely. We were abandoned. We were separated from God, but God has brought us into his family. Listen to 1 John 4, 7 to 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, look around. We ought to love one another. Amen? God has so loved us in all of our sins. Those of us that we have a problem with, we can forgive because of the amount of love that God has shown us in all of our sinfulness, all of our brokenness, washed and cleansed. When a brother or sister offends us or ticks us off, what do we got for them? Not the fist of wrath, but the love of God. Amen? Amen. The love of God. We are able to love beyond measure when we allow the love of God to flow into our hearts and we just tell God, God, I agree with you that I need to receive your love. What do you think repentance is? Amen? Repentance is all about a change of mindset, a change of heart, and agreeing with God in what God says he is and what God says he's going to do and what God says his attributes and his characteristics are. You believe him and you say, I believe you and I trust in you and I give you my heart today. There's a lot of us that need the love of God. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll not leave you out on your own, lonely and abandoned. I will come to you. And how does he come to us? Spirit of Christ manifested through the power of the Holy Spirit today to come to you and give you a renewed sense that you are embraced, you are loved, that he wants to bask you in his presence and bask you in his grace today. For what reason? To transform us and change us and get all the yuck out and get all the good in that he has for us today. Uh, we love him and we serve him. Look at John chapter 14, 15, and 18. We're going to close up pretty soon. John chapter 14, 15, and 18. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, an advocate, a counselor, a friend to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you, this advocate, this counselor, this friend. Then we flip over to John chapter 15, and we just read this verse. I want you to grasp 
the, uh, the deep complexity and meaning of this verse. Try to grasp it in your, in your head if, if you can. It's going to be hard, but here it goes. As of John 15, verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. In essence, we're invited into the very love fest that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have. Jesus says, come on in. Amen? As I have loved you, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So, what's broken in your heart today that you need to fix in? What's hurtful in your heart today that you need grace and love to mend? Whatever's in your heart, Father God wants to come in power of the Holy Spirit because of the work of Christ transform you today like you've never been transformed before. And when you walk out of here, you're going to be completely new because of the grace and wonder of God's great love. Bow our hearts for a word of prayer and just ask Daryl and the crew to come on up. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. Father God, that you don't love us because of our worth. We gain our worth in the knowledge that in everything that we are, in everything that we know we are, you still love us in your grace and mercy and change us and transform us. So God, Father God, come in with your love into the crevices of our heart, those dark places where we've just been trying to educate, trying to legislate, trying to medicate. Pray that we'd give it to you today, Lord, and receive your love. Believe and receive your great love today to change us and mold us and shape us and become more like you. And then, God, we understand that as we become more like you, we want to please you in all of your holiness. You said in your word, be holy, for I am holy. I pray, oh God, that your great love would cause us to Make every effort to please you in all of our lives, our finances, our dating, our church relationships, our work relationships, that we'd honor you with our words, we'd honor you with our deeds, that we'd, we'd live for you with passion because of our great love for you. Flow into our hearts, Father God, by your love we pray today, Jesus.